Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rogue Opinions Podcast. Once again, I am Jim, here with Scott, and of course, we could not be doing anything And of course, and of course, and of course, you have the very best guest your podcast has ever seen. I already saw how terribly that introduction was going to go. I saved everyone those next few seconds. I am Wrestling's Richest Prize, the all-father, Mr. Darius Carter. Going to introduce myself because I know that you were going to do a bad job. So it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, uh, as it's been established, my normal round of BS isn't going to last. So I guess without any further ado, Scott, I think it's time we head into our main event of the week with Mr. Darius Carter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rogue Opinions Podcast. And of course, of course, we could not be taking a week-long stroll through the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom and sitting down with the heavy hitters, the pillars of Pro Wrestling Magic at the moment, without talking to the all-father, wrestling's richest prize, and the current reigning and defending Pro Wrestling Magic Dark Arts champion, Mr. Darius Carter, Mr. Darius Carter, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and joining us here on the Rogue Opinions podcast. Oh, the, the wrestling's richest prize, the all-father, the technical tormentor himself, and 42 days in as the pro wrestling magic dark arts champion, Mr. Darius Carter. Oh, I mean, smell that, feel that. Oh, so good, so good. The, the, energy, the energy is palpable. For sure. I can feel it. You could nearly cut it with a warm knife. Um, I know I've been looking forward to this a lot. Uh, I know, Scott, you've been looking forward to this a lot. So uh, I guess without further ado, Scott, go ahead and uh, let's get this conversation rolling, man. Yeah, uh, no disrespect to anybody else we've had on. We've had some great conversations this week, but uh, this interview is one I've been very much looking forward to. You said about that energy. You know, it's quite late where I am, but this energy is what's feeling this, what keeps me awake at this ridiculous time uh, where I am. But Darius, uh, I've been asking this question of our, of our interviews uh, so far this weekend. We always get different answers from this question. And uh, if you want to ask you, very interested to know uh, your answer to this question. Where would you say that your passion for wrestling uh, really comes from? Okay, and I wanted to thank you. I'm glad you're excited, you know, as you should be, uh, being in the uh, the virtual presence of the All-Father. Uh, and uh, no, it, it all came from... from when I was young, I, I, they really, I really don't remember a time uh, where I didn't love wrestling. You know, I guess, it, you know, I guess it would be when I didn't watch it. Um, I used to watch it when I was younger with my uh, great grandmother and she was a huge fan. Um, and I remember I used to watch it when I was, you know, six, seven, what have you. And, um, you know, we'd be, I'd be sitting on the floor Indian style and she would be sitting in her rocking chair and always watching wrestling. She, 
uh, was a huge Ric Flair person, and Ric Flair was my favorite. It was my, um, you know, my of all time, my all-time favorite. He was the first thing that really uh, captured me. I mean, I love the whole uh, pomp and circumstance of wrestling. I love wrestling to begin with. It's not that there's one particular match that brought me in. It was just the presentation, um, the authenticity, the feel of it, uh, the showmanship. I mean, I, I loved it uh, immediately when I saw it. Uh, and her love for it just made that grow. And uh, she was a huge, yeah, I loved Ric Flair and, and the Horsemen. But, and then, like, Hulk, Hulk Hogan would come on, and she never liked Hulk. She never believed him. She, just, she was always, like, <laughs> prayers and vitamins, like, you know, ah, okay. Um, I say my prayers and eat my vitamins, and I'm not Hulk Hogan. Uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, but I always, um, you know, that's really what, what got me into it was just wrestling and just everything. Like, I just was so appreciative. The entrances, characters, um, the athleticism and what they would do, like how each character would uh, perform in the ring. Like, that's what got me into, like, into wrestling. It was everything. It wasn't just one match or one person. Flair was my favorite, but it wasn't just him. It's not like if Flair wasn't on, I changed the channel. It was like I just was so enamored with everything that was professional wrestling. And uh, it's I'm glad that you uh, that you brought that up because obviously uh, you uh, you know to uh, to for the lack of a better phrase you do make the most of your entrance you come out with the the robe the pomp and circumstance as you said was that something that uh, immediately when you first started uh, getting bookings and what that sort of just came naturally to you uh, or are you uh, did that grow over time? Oh, it definitely grew over time. Uh, and I think that's the best way to be. Uh, I think you have to mature and you have to evolve over time. You can't just come in and be the all-father. You know, I couldn't just come in in my first year or my second year and call myself the all-father. And it's just like, where where did you get it from? How did you earn it? Um, you know, it's not that I always put forth how long I've been wrestling, but people know I've been, you know, around um, – you know, it's funny because <laughs> Tony Deppin was just messing around on Twitter and he was like, oh, Darius Carter, you know, the old part. And I was like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm 30. I'm 30 years old, but uh, I still, you know, and I'm definitely young, but I'm definitely old at the same time. I'm just I have an old soul and I think that resonates through everything that uh, I do. But um, that's really, uh, you know, what 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 it's meant to make you different and make you stand out and, and make you, I, I think that it's not something that you have to force. It's not something you have to uh, uh, push onto people. It's just something that exudes uh, from you. And that can intimidate people um, as I've seen in my years, but uh, I definitely had to mature to the, um, you know, to the coming out to the ring coat, coming out with the mask, the crusade mask, um, you know, paying tribute to Guy Fawkes and, and B for Vendetta and those types of things. Um, I started actually wrestling in suits, which is funny enough. I would come out in a suit and uh, I would literally take the shirt off, take the jacket off, and I would wrestle in the suit pants. I had knee pads and I had boots underneath. I always had wrestling boots. Um, from, I would not wrestle without wrestling boots. That's kind of how of I course, came up. Of course, yeah. And that's how I always felt, you know. Uh, no disrespect to people who wear the shoes now and, and because that's just the way that it's kind of gone, which is another topic, but... Um, you know, I was, had the boots, I had the knee pads and I was wrestling in the suit pants. Um, and 
eventually I would come out in the linen suits and people remember that, like the white linen uh, <laughs> with the brown belt. So, I don't, it was, <laughs> so yeah, it was always money was always a part of it um, because I was fortunate early in my life. You know, um, my, my mom worked for a, a Fortune 500 company, you know, by, by, when she was 19. So she like that type of worksmanship kind of came in me. And I was always that way. Um, as a kid, I was always, uh, uh, always about just working and just keeping myself busy. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a couch potato by any means. Um, I was always just looking to do something, you know, by the time I was legally able to work, you know, uh, when, uh, when I was 16, I immediately jumped in. Um, so it was just kind of like, like hustling and, and the work and the process has always been a part of who I am. And I think that she helped kind of mold me into that person into the man I see I am now because I'm always just looking for the next thing. Like, you know, I'm happy with what I'm, you're always happy. I'm always grateful for my accomplishments, but I'm always seeking the next thing. I always want more. And, and that type of hunger, you know, can't just be satiated. And I think that's something that I learned growing up is just to have that. And maybe that's why I loved Ric Flair growing up so much because Flair never seemed to have enough. It was never enough for Flair. Uh, you know, in terms of the, the character and who he presented, you know, the cha- he would have the championship, he'd have the suits, he'd have the, uh, the jewelry, he'd have the women, he'd have the limos, but he still was always fighting for to just have more, and that's something that always kind of uh, inspired me in a way. It's like you, you know, you you never can, it's never enough, and you have to think that way, and that's how you get better. Yeah, old, you know what they say: oldest line, uh, oldest ride, longest ride. Um, if, if I could get the words out properly today. Um, but yeah, like, like I was saying, um, with your entrance and the pomp and circumstance and, uh, remembering back to the days when you were in, uh, a suit, uh, when you would wrestle, cause you do show up. I mean, I've been at the, the building quite a few times when you show up, you show up camera ready and it is such, uh, an impressive sight to see as I'm running around filming stuff, you walk in ready to go immediately. And that is something that always stood out to me. Um, when you, when we're lucky enough to have you, uh, in the kingdom, uh, with us. Um, but, uh, going back to what you said, uh, about, uh, cause you never seemed like a, like an idle hands kind of guy. Uh, you always seem like no matter how busy you are, you want to continue to keep moving forward. So when you were, Growing up, did wrestling? Were you in, doing the Greco-Roman Olympic-style wrestling? Did were there other sports in there, or was it all just work, then wrestling, and then sleep? So yeah, so it was really a lot of scholastics. I'm, I was very, very about my academics, and I was that was very, very important. And I and this is great because I don't really come out and say this much, just because it's not something that I, I need to. Uh, put out a rub in anyone's faces. I feel like everyone has a story and a lot of people sometimes will play the, uh, will play this role or that role or like the charity or like I was this and I was that. And it's just like, to me, it's like, I want that to be seen when you are in uh, my presence or when you know me or when you, you feel me, like I want those things to kind of just uh, uh, speak for themselves. You know, I don't have to tell people that I'm well-earned and, and that I do well financially because that's just something that'll resonate you know, um, and, and, and it'll show in what I do. And that's the beauty of it. That's the art of it. I love, I, I like that feeling. I like to be successful and for that success to exude. I don't want to have to tell everyone in a room what my resume is because you should already kind of somewhat know, or you may know, and that's, 
pleasing in its own respect. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's to me is what it's all about. It's just about building and just creating and just making yourself known and being the guy, like you said, that's ready to go. You know, I, I come in through the door, I, you know, and, I, and I'm ready to do the promo. Hey, Darius, good to see you, man. We need to do a promo. Like, let's go. Like, I, I can put the bag. Let's go. And, and I love that. I love that uh, lifestyle. Um, I love doing that. You know, it is what it is. Hotels. If I got to wrestle, go to a hotel and then, you know, get picked up or whatever and go to the next show and then do the meet and greet or what have you. And then go to the next show. Like, I, I love that. That's I really do love that hustle. Uh, and I, you're right. I always did kind of have that um, those types of hands, always just kind of keeping busy. Um, even when I was coming up. Yeah, it was always about school. I had the report cards on the uh, refrigerator. Uh, <laughs> My mom, I mean, my mom, my mom was so, my mother was so, you know, uh, I guess is so like braggadocious of me. And it's like, it's really nice. And so like, I'm like, oh, stop. But it's like, it, it's great. And I make her proud and, you know, and she's done so well to, to help make me who I am. I give her that credit so, so very much more than she'll ever know. And, um, you know, that's really what did it was academics. And I wanted, I wrestled a little bit in, in um, middle school and coming up, but my mom was very against it. Um, she wanted me to be focused on the academics and I think she was with wrestling. It was, it was hard because I didn't, I didn't ever want to talk about it too much to her about me doing it just because it's like, you'll find out when it's time, you'll know, you know, she's a smart person. She probably knew before I knew she knew. And it's like, I, I, you know, we don't need to really talk about it until it's time. Uh, but this is what I'm doing and I'm safe. You know, that's what you, you tr know and believe that I'm safe and that I know what I'm doing, uh, that I had a plan for this. You know, I was wrestling while I was going to college. I got into college in uh, September of 2008, and I started training two months later in November. So I was juggling college and, you know, classes and, and studying for my business administration for my master's, uh, which would come to be, uh, but studying for my uh, business administration um, all those courses while I was training. So I would go to class and then, you know, go home, drop my books off and then go to train for three, four hours, come back, study, you know, for the quiz in the morning, you know? So that, and that's just part of who I was. I, I never really like looked at it as like, oh, you know, like I was never like, I never complained about it. It was just kind of my life. And then people would just tell me like, dude, like you're always kind of moving. You're always busy. And you don't really think about it because you're in the gist of it. You're the one running around. So you don't see the outside. And people be like, man, like you're always flying. And it's just like, yeah, that's, that's the life I want to have for myself. You know, I want to be able to say I'm a professional wrestler, but I also want to say that I have a business degree. I want to say that uh, I can do marketing and I can do, um, you know, those types of uh, and investments and portfolios and those types of things. I want to set up an entire life for myself. And professional wrestling is, of course, my number one. There's there's no question about that. Um, you know, if I had to give it all away for wrestling, I would, but I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> and that's there's there's power in that. I'm able to have wrestling and have my my uh, my life, my business life. Where I can do the investments and do the uh, uh, and be involved in, in stocks and be involved in just marketing, which is really the central piece. So I can have a fruitful life in so many different ways. I get to have the pear, the orange, the apple, the banana. I get to have that, and and that's 
to me, that makes my ex- wrestling experience so much better because I don't have to be like bitter about wrestling. I can understand what it is and adjust to it without feeling like if I fail at this or if this happens, I have nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, Scott, I'll defer back to you in a second. I'm sorry. Uh, but um, no so like, yeah, it, it's almost as if um, wrestling for you is a way to sort of celebrate your power. Is that is that fair to say? That's very well worded. I always thought of it as a celebration and I always thought of it as happiness. I, I never do. I, I don't do something that I don't want to do or doesn't feel right. If it doesn't feel right to me, I have no fear in saying that doesn't feel right. I never feel like some people do where they're like, oh, I have no choice or, oh, you know, I have to be this type of person to get ahead or I have to do this with that person. I've never felt that way because I see wrestling as something that I love and care about uh, through and through mind, body and soul. But I don't have to compromise myself for that because I have a life that I've set up. I'm not saying, you know, I, I want anything to not ever succeed in wrestling. I mean, wrestling, I, listen, I want it all. I want it, I want the TV. I want the main event. I want the pay-per-views and I work for that. And people see that and you know that, but I mm-hmm. also know that I don't have to beat around a bush or, or bend over or do other things to get ahead. I'm not desperate for it. Let's put it that way. I'm not desperate for uh success. I want to achieve success the right way. And my life has shown me that that can happen. The way that I'm get to that I'm able to live today tells me that I'm on the right course. So, and things happen that just show you that way. And, and things have been better than ever. I'm at my best right now. I'm in the best condition I've been in. I'm having the best matches I've had. Uh, I'm holding championships, uh, during the pandemic, I mean, everywhere I'm going, you know, people just, you know, it's like they, you want me to be your champion. I don't have to sit in the office. I don't have to call you at midnight and say, hey, man, I have this idea. It's like people see the work that I put in and they want to reward that. And that's the position that I want to be in. I want to continue to uh, elevate myself and people around me. And that catches the eye of the guy that was standing in the back looking for someone like me, you know, and you never know when that next step comes. So that's why I'm just keeping my nose to the dirt and just grinding and just hustling and being the best version of me that I can be and not sacrificing myself. I'm not uh, taking the pieces of my soul away so that I can get one step higher. You know what I mean? I can do it. If I can't do it being me, then I don't need to do it. That's how I always have looked at it in life. You know, if I can't get ahead by being Darius, then do I need to get ahead? You know what I'm saying? Do I need that? That's right. that's how I feel. Right. And uh, at least uh, from the pro wrestling magic side of things, you had been there uh, before this. But uh, when we were filming for Monday Morning Magic, I believe at the end, the tail end of episode four is the first time you show up uh, on our like uh, in our current sort of uh, canon, so to speak. And I remember that day. Uh, when you filmed the four-minute promo that ends the episode, um, I remember hearing back from people at the time, like, where we have to just lean on Darius a little, because this is too too fucking phenomenal to leave on the table. And then things, of course, went from there. 
but before I continue to feel awful for making Scott just sit there on the <laughs> side, Scott, please continue uh, with some of the questions you got for Mr. Darius Carter. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, you go away. You go ahead, uh, Jimmy. But I uh, do have a question because you mentioned that Darius is the current reigning Pro Wrestling Magic Dark Arts champion. As we know, the Dark Arts title has its own like unique set of rules. But now, Darius, you've introduced these uh, new set of kind of rules, these uh, this round-based system, almost, almost this British round-based uh, system, which I was particularly interested in to talk to you about. I was hoping if you could talk a little bit more about the, these rules and. Uh, like, are you a fan of this old like British round system? And there are there any like particular British wrestlers that really stand out to you that you admire? Absolutely, and I'm glad. I, I mean, this is what I want because I love talking about the rules. That's why I came up with them. Um, <laughs> I um, yeah, I'm a big world of sport person. I watch world of sport religiously. I can make you sick with the world of sport <laughs> that <laughs> that I watch. Uh, I remember years ago, like 10, 11 years ago. I was watching World of Sport, uh, <laughs> and we, it was me, like Chris Dickinson and, and uh, Picky Sanchez. And Picky Sanchez is like, change it up, you know, put on Muda, you know. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? And like, I had, I was just so like enamored. We were watching, oh, I was watching like, like that was just my thing, World of Sport. So uh, Steve Gray, Jim Breaks. I mean, everyone says Johnny Saint, but I always loved Steve Gray. I'll always love Jim Brakes and his arm manip- manipulation, the digit manipulation, uh, Terry Rudge, uh, Maul Sanders. Uh, so, like, world of sport, uh, English wrestling, really icons. Um, and I was blessed to tour the UK twice, once in 2017 and once in 2018. And I was able to, uh, to spar with Johnny Kidd, uh, world of sport, you know, a real legend there. And I, was able, I actually had a match with him, and I won. But uh, it was tremendous. It's recorded somewhere in the annals of time. But uh, that was in 2018. But I was always inspired by World of Sport. Um, I, I love watching it just because um, I, I love the art of wrestling. I, I'm very in tune with, like, being connected to your opponent. So, like, I, I'm always interested in how to grab a hand, how to grab a wrist, how to grab a knee kneecap or how to grab an ankle and i'll rewind the the, the most minute things like a lot of people will rewind like the spanish fly or the shooting star press i'm rewinding like how a guy got out of a wrist lock i'm rewinding how a guy got out of a waist lock because i'm like oh he stepped with his left foot and he stepped on the inside put pressure on the patella like i'm one of those people and um like i'm always said like there are wrestlers that like make you stand up and like you know, throw your popcorn in the air. And then there are wrestlers that make you like lean forward in your chair and make you squint and make you like, look, you're analyzing like what I'm doing. And that's the type of wrestler I always wanted to be. I always wanted to be somebody that makes you, you're looking to see what I'm doing. You see me grabbing the finger, you see me grabbing the hand and you're like at the edge of your seat looking like, what's he going to do with it? That's the style that I love. And world of sport facilitates that. Um, you know, you could hear how hot those crowds were uh, just and, and by watching the arm, a wrist lock and a, and a, and a front flip. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really why I came up with this style. I think that uh, there's a lot of like this talk of like pure wrestling and it's like, you know, but there have been people that were doing that for a long time before and weren't getting that recognition. Um, and it's I don't want it to be a fad. I don't want it to be like a trend you know because technical wrestling shouldn't be a trend 
um, it, it should be a way that you, you live your life. And that's how I've embodied it. And I wanted to reflect that in these dark arts rules, uh, having uh, five three-minute rounds with 15-second intervals. That's, um, of course, an homage to World of Sport. Um, and I want us to have, and we get the water bottles on each side. I know we want to, I want to update that to having the buckets with the towel. Um, so you have those 15 seconds and there's a power in that. Cause in those 15 seconds, you could read your opponent and see how they're doing. If they're getting a little winded, I could look at you and I can come up with a new plan. Bell rings. We're into round two. Bell rings. We're into round three. It's a challenge to see how much depth there are to my opponents. You know, I want to see what my opponents are bringing to the table. Okay, we just wrestle seven, eight minutes or 12 minutes. Okay, but if we are wrestling within rounds and there are rules and strategies in place, that's where you find out who the best wrestler really is. Um, And that's what I said. I said I wanted to make the Dark Arts Championship the professional wrestling title. And I did that very quickly. I did that immediately. And I want people to know you don't have to wait for change. You know, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it immediately. I'm not going to, oh, I'm going to do bring change. And, uh, you know, two months later, three months later, four months later, you finally start to see it. No, no, no. I bring it at the door, at the gate. You see my face. Here's the change. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring that British style um, to the Indies in a way that you're not really seeing. You know, Ring of Honor is doing something, but it's not so as European. It's kind of like their own flavor. Um, you know, this, I wanted to really bring the UK to, uh, America and I wanted to challenge anyone that I would get in there with and even challenge myself, uh, in playing by these rules consistently. I, I, Go ahead. I really, you really seem like somebody who enjoys all these different like facets of, uh, of, uh, pro wrestling. And I, I said before to Jimmy before we, we did this interview that I really enjoyed uh, the look of your, your ring jacket. I thought it really kind of saw a bit British wrestling around me. A lot of the gay jackets William Regal uh, would wear to the ring. And, and talking of the UK, obviously, travel like to other countries is very like difficult at the moment with, uh, with COVID. But once we're able to travel more freely, are you looking forward to going back to the UK? And is there anybody over there you'd like to wrestle maybe under these like style of rules? Yeah, and, and thank you for that because... You know, the coat is definitely uh, and I did get that coat in uh, in England, um, but uh, but that coat. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like an homage. I mean, I always I'm always myself. It's to me. But, you know, the best version of yourself when it comes to wrestling, you'll see some of your um, inspirations and idols in yourself. Um, and, you know, William Regal is definitely a, a big time uh, inspiration uh, just in terms of that, again, bringing that United Kingdom style to America and doing that. And I remember seeing him in there with Sting, seeing him in there with Goldberg. And it's like, you know, Regal was a guy that never went down without fighting. It was never easy to beat him. Even if he was losing, he always gave you a a, a challenge. I remember him wrestling Randy Savage and he was just lighting Savage up in the corner. And you're just like, you know, your average fan may be like, okay, Savage should probably win this match in four minutes or five minutes or something. But Regal was putting it on him and it was just inspiring to see. It's like, you never lay down. You're never going down without uh, a fight. And I love that type of style of wrestling. I definitely wanted to travel. That's actually was my 2020 plan was to get out and to travel, to hit more places, to hit UK again, maybe to get out to Germany, uh, maybe to, to get out just to different places so that I can 
improve even further on the veteran uh, seasoning that I have, uh, but then COVID completely shut that down. So now it's just making the most of what I have, literally watering the grass where I have it. Um, you know, if I'm going to be pro wrestling magic, dark arts champion, I'm going to be the best dark arts champion you've ever seen, no matter how long I have it. You know, that company has seen a million long reigns and that's no insult to pro wrestling magic. Cause it's nice to know that they have, that there's faith in people like that. It's nice to know that there are wrestlers that earn that faith, but you know, we've seen these guys have these long reigns, but it's time to make everything matter. I want every single month, every month, I want you to look back and be like, oh, you know, look at what he did. But now he's got to top that. You know, look, Darius Carter just had Erica Lee in the main event that people are, are still talking about and saying it's, uh, could they say it's one of the best, if not the best match that Pro Wrestling Magic had. And I have to one up that. I have to go in there now against Billy Dixon. And now I have to go in there against the next person and the next person to continue upon the momentum that I've created for myself. And that's a, uh, a I don't want to say a challenge, but it is a task unto itself that makes this fun. That's what I mean. I, I, I love, I love this and I want to continue to improve and be better. Just when you're like, Oh, how can you get better? I want to jump that on that hurdle that I created for myself. Um, and that's how you do it. And I wanted to travel. I wanted to do, I hope that does become an option more, uh, because, uh, I do, want to be very safe about this. I do get tested very regularly. Um, I've been tested well over uh, 10 times uh, during all this. So, you know, before these events and everything like that. Um, so I just want to be smart about it. I don't want to just be traveling every, you know, get out there and you can't pretend like this isn't real. You can't pretend like this isn't there because you never know. And I want to be smart. I want to be healthy about it. Um, and I, and I want to go to places that I feel can really, um, give back to me the way that I can give to them at this point, because I just feel like I'm onto something and I feel like I have been for a while, but I feel like I'm really, I, I mean, when I say I've never feel better, I've never felt better than how I feel now. I mean, I mean that, and I know I'm getting even better and I feel that and I mean, we'll see what this year brings us. We'll see where it takes me. But, you know, doors are opening and that's all I've ever needed is I just need a little crack. I don't need you to uh, to walk me in. I don't need you to, to, to do all that. Just, you know, if it's possible, I can make it probable. Put it that way. That's a, a, an incredibly uh, interesting uh, set of things. I have so many questions just coming out of that answer alone. Um, but You've mentioned your academics and uh, Scott brought up the new rules, which I I have referred to on commentary as the Carter Clause, um, because <laughs> being a student of the game as you are, uh, I allude to this cavernous library of wrestling knowledge that exists at the the Carter estate on on commentary a few times. Uh, would it be fair sort of to call it the Carter Clause? And uh, if not, I can and will think of something else. No, that's that's fine. Call it what you want to call it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's me retaining my championship and proving that I'm the superior wrestler. So by all means, hashtag it, call it what you want. Um, you know, I to me, it's just about showing the love for wrestling. Every time you see me in that ring, I want that to be evident. 
And I feel like these rules help bring that out. I feel like it makes every it makes it different. Um, and even though I was do I've been doing that style within these rules, it becomes even more evident. It's right in your face. And again, it's different from everything on the card. And when you look at Pro Wrestling Magic and you see how diverse the Pro Wrestling Magic card um, has been and are becoming over time, you see the the more diversity. You have your giants. You have the people like Adam Payne. And you have Wrecking Ball Ligurski. And then you might see someone like Alec Price come in. You might see Danger Kid or, or, or you know, and then you see just all these, the amalgamation of characters and, and wrestlers. And then you have me who's doing, bringing the pro wrestling, that aspect, bringing the um, Greco-Roman catches catch can uh, England style right here in your face. And that makes people want to step up for the title. That makes the title uh, get more popular. That brings attention to the company. That's a good business move all around. And that's another reason I did it. I mean, it wasn't just to be selfish. It wasn't just to do what I wanted to do. It was to create interest with this championship that may not have existed before, um, uh, to create, uh, new, uh, interest and to generate attention. Uh, I get messages, people saying, Oh, what's, you know, what's up with the rules they ask. And it, you know, even though I'm posting what the rules are, there's still a message, but it's like it's it's nice to see people want to do that. They're like, oh, you know, there's not really a place that's doing that, and I want to do that. I want to wrestle within those rounds. I want to test myself, uh, and I want to test myself against you. And that's it's nice to hear. I mean, it's kind of, almost kind of sad because once they get in there with me and I start rocking them, you know, then, they, <laughs> they, 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 then you can see then you can see it in their eyes. But no, but it's it's I like it, man. It's just survival. Oh, that's that. That is that confidence that I love out of you, Darius, uh, that makes these conversations so uh, entertaining. But um, you uh, specifically with uh, the rule change, it is long overdue, in my personal opinion, because uh, I've been with Pro Wrestling Magic uh, a couple of years now, uh, possibly three years, maybe four. Point is, is um, I whenever I heard about the rules to the Dark Arts Division and that there was this sort of long forgotten clause in the dark arts division that once you win the title, you are entitled to change the rules, uh, whether that be with the way monster did it, where everything was just sort of a false count anywhere, sort of hardcore style. Uh, or when Adam Payne had it, where it was more like hard hitting strong style stuff. And then when you get it, what you did, which I think is the most impressive sort of move that I've seen in pro wrestling magic or indie wrestling in a long time is that you've managed to return the champion's advantage to what was a advantage less situation for the last few years. Was that a conscious move on your part or did that, was that just sort of like lucky happenstance? That was absolutely a conscious move. Um, that was absolutely me knowing ahead of time how I wanted to do it. And you know, whether that sounds better or not, you know, maybe it sounds cool to say it was an unconscious thing. But no, I, I wanted that. I, I think that when you are a champion, that there not I think I know there are privileges to that role. Uh, that's why you see on Twitter, I have the C in parentheses near my name. And it's but I it, love it's, that, it's by big. the way. I love Thank that. you. Thank you. I mean, it's but I'm trying to tell people here, like, listen, guys, like I, I'm I'm a, there's a reason why I'm a champion wherever I go and why I hold on to those titles the way I do. And it's, it's not anything behind the curtain. It's all in front of the curtain. It's everything that you see. It's everything that you feel. 
when I come out there with the belt around my waist and I raise the title over my head, the championship title over my head, and you're looking and you're reacting, this is what it's all about. Uh, And to me, when you are a champion, it is a privilege. And I think a lot of people these days, uh, in a big, in a real big discussion point, I think a lot of people just look at championships as, oh, it's a belt, and they just wear it, and they're happy to to be champion, but they're cool if they're not. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, it's cool. They take the pictures, if even that. Like, I, I just feel like there's sometimes a disconnect between a champion and their title. They just, it just doesn't seem like they. Sometimes some people don't promote it. They're just kind of hanging out, and they just show up every month as champion until they're not anymore, and then it's just okay. For me, when you're a champion, that means you're getting, you know, you're going to the pay window more often. That means you're getting more pay. That means that you get, uh, you're one of the first people the company thinks of. If I, if you can't run a pro wrestling magic event without me, uh, because I'm a dark arts champion, so there's some talented people that get left off the card because that's just the way that it is, but. When you're a champion of, at a promotion, you must be booked. And not only is it a must, but you must be booked in a, a good position. You know, you're not going to find me in some random four-way match or a six-way match or some tag match that doesn't really make sense. You're always going to see me in a position of power, and holding a championship keeps you there. You know, yeah, I can be Darius Carter and – Yes, I can be the person that I am. I can do the promos right when I get into the office. I can be one of the last people to leave. But what really gets you that guarantee above all else is holding a championship. And I think a lot of people forget that. Um, I think a lot of people don't care about that. I think a lot of people just think about themselves. They don't think about the bigger picture. And whenever you're a champion, you're giving back to the company, and the company will give back to you. You know, I'm now in a relationship with Pro Wrestling Magic as Dark Arts champion. You have to respect me. You have to put me in prominent positions because I'm carrying your brand every day. I've been champion 42 days, and for 42 days, I am putting pro wrestling magic on a higher level in my own way. And in turn, there should be talking about me. They should be promoting me. They should be discussing me because I've earned that. And that's what wrestling should be about. It's about earning things the right way. It's about making your work talk, producing results. And that pushes the business forward. You know what I mean? And that's why I do this champion advantage. Uh, I want you, you, if you want to take the title from me, you have to beat, you know, I, this, I, that's it. If you want to take away my gold, you want to take uh, pounds out of my suitcase. If you want to take uh, an accomplishment away from me, you're going to have to beat me. And that's something that not a lot of people have been able to do, if you really think about it, over the years. I have a very good win-loss record just about everywhere I go. So I'm just a hard man to beat. So if you want to take the mantle, if you want to wear the crown, you better beat me, and you better make sure I don't get up. And that's what these pro wrestling magic, that's what these uh, the Carter Claws, if you will, that's what these dark arts rules are meant to do. You now have to beat a bona fide legitimate professional wrestler ranked as one of the best in the world legitimately, you have to beat me to win that title. There's no shenanigans. There's no tomfoolery. You you come with the title or you don't. And that's what wrestling should be about. And that's why I created those rules. I definitely was thinking of the champion's advantage. I definitely was thinking about how to make the challenger have to go above and beyond to earn the title of champion. That's That's what this is.
Yeah, um, I remember I watched your interview uh, with uh, DM Stevens over on his uh, Open Mic Night Wrestling uh, podcast uh, just after you won the title at Kingdom Come 5. Um, and the, the the phrase Carter Claws sort of popped out to me in my head just because, A, alliteration is easy and it's fun because uh, language is a fun you know thing. Uh, but when you were describing the rules, the, the sort of um, the look on your face as you were just sort of relishing in the idea that you were changing the game finally. And like I said, it was long overdue, but in kingdom come five, uh, I didn't know this at the time or I would have talked about it a lot more on, on at the table, but you wrestled TJ Crawford for the first time anywhere. Um, and I uh, believe me, I would have spent so much more time on that on the table if I had known, uh, beforehand. Uh, but honestly that once once I found that out, watching that match back is so, so interesting uh, because you've been wrestling a long time, as has TJ Crawford. Um, and TJ has been really ramping up his game as of late, as ha- as have you. Uh, you said that you're in the best condition, top of your game, and you definitely are. I mean, you've been crushing it for a few years now uh, at the very least, but um, lately it just seems like another flip has sort of switched in the mind of Darius Carter. But talk me through... Um, sort of that match with TJ and uh, how that feels to you when you finally get in there with somebody who you haven't yet surprisingly been in the ring yet with. Yeah, yeah. so, and I'm glad we're having this because the tournament was very interesting to me and uh, in how it was set up because my first match was against TJ Crawford, who was somebody we all have already established that I've never faced before. Now, by beating him, I was going on to face somebody that I have faced before, whether it was going to be Everett Cross or it was going to be Asriel. I faced both of them more than once. So I was faced immediately with the challenge of TJ and then going on to someone that I've competed against already. So it was two different uh, feels. It was two different energies. It wasn't like I've wrestled everyone in the tournament before. It wasn't like I've never wrestled either. It was kind of like, if I get past this first round, I know I'll get past the second. And I don't say that with disrespect to Cross or to Asriel because, again, I've been in the ring with them. But the records do show I, I do have victories over them. Uh, Evercross has never beaten me in a professional wrestling match. And Asriel, Asriel did beat me before, but in, in, I've beaten him more. Uh, so I have a, a greater win-loss record. Uh, against those men so i i knew that once i got past tj i said to myself well i I, you know i have to win this finals match because i faced these men i know these men i've beaten these men before i'm definitely going to beat them again and i say that with respect to them i'm just being honest it just is what it is it's one thing when you when you face someone and you've beaten them there's just the confidence that you have um and i faced asriel and and uh cross over time I faced them one year, then I faced them another year, and I've beaten them for almost every time. So I kind of felt that. But TJ was different because I was faced with a challenge immediately. And when you're facing TJ, when you're in that first round, this is how a tournament is. You can't just you can't see through your first opponent. You have to be in the present, but you also have to be thinking ahead. It's a very um, it's a very strong uh, mind game that you're playing because you have to be ready for the present and the future. I have to see Crawford as the threat that he is, but I also have to see past him in a sense. I have to not only beat this man, 
but I have to beat him as close to 100% as possible so that I can go in there against Everett Cross or Asriel and not lose. Because if TJ really puts the work in on me, and I've never wrestled this this man before, I can go into this finals match against someone I've already beaten and lose. And that's another feeling entirely that, that it can bring upon me. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine how it, how I would think if I made it past TJ and then got to face, let's say, Cross and then lose, and when I've never lost to Cross before. So that would be a different type of feeling. To get there and then to get to Asriel and lose would be like, you know, I, I would a lot of that I would attribute to TJ, you know? So TJ was definitely a wild card to me in that tournament when you look at the four of us. Um, and it felt really assuring to take him out first. By beating him, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, and, of course, that paid off. And that's with respect to TJ. TJ is very versatile. TJ can grapple. TJ can, can run the ropes. TJ is quick. Uh, he's a striker as well. There aren't many holes in TJ's game. Um, you know, if anything, he's a jack-of-all-trades, which, you know, could be his downfall is that he's good at everything, but maybe he doesn't excel in one particular area. And that's what allowed me to beat him. Um, I was able to kind of lure him into a false sense. He got, I, I was able to use his momentum against himself. He was had, he kind of had the advantage towards the end. He took a, a, a risk that was too big and I was able to capitalize and beat him. And that's when I knew I said, all right, I'm about to be champion now, not just, in beating TJ, but how I beat TJ. I said, okay, if I can flip the script on this guy in our first match, I know Asriel and uh, Cross are in trouble. Um, and that's, it paid off. And I, and I, like I said, I say that with respect to the men involved, but this is just my thinking. This is how I came into the tournament. I, uh, I had to be aware. I had to see TJ, but also see around the corner beyond him and i don't know if the other men in the tournament had that vision and that may be why the other men in the tournament didn't win well it was very much uh, two really strong matches you had on the road to getting the uh, the dark heart sale but before that you had a equally strong uh, main event match with erica lee and uh, the main event of card subject to change we got a chance to talk to, to erica as part of the, the series of interviews and i asked her this question that i was going to ask to you that the idea of like is there a difference in the way you approach a like an intergender match because i know you've had your first share of like intergender matches not just against erica but she said she didn't really have much of a change in the way she approaches a match regardless of the gender of the competitor are you along those same lines are you approach an intergender match yeah no there's to me there's no difference um to me if you're standing across the ring from me in your ring gear and the bell rings, then it's a match. Um, then it's pro wrestling. And that's how I've always seen it. And that's how I continue to see it. If you, you know, you can't tell who's working harder than the other or who's better than the other just by their gender. You can't do that. Uh, that's a poor way of thinking. And that shows weakness in yourself. You know what I mean? If you're going in there against uh, uh, a woman and you don't think, and you completely uh, dismiss any type of accomplishment or ability that that woman has, then you're only doing it to yourself. You're putting yourself in a situation. If you get beat, you can't, who can you blame? You know, say if you lose that match, who do you blame? You blame her? 
well, that means that you underestimated her. I mean, either way, it comes back to, upon you. Uh, and my thing is, I always want to be the best. I want to be the very best, the premier, the apex. And you've got to face everybody to be the best. I don't want to just be the best man. I want to be the best wrestler. And if that means that I have to beat, uh, you know, a male, man, woman, uh, you know, non-binary, whatever the case may be, it could be still life with apricots and pears. It could be Molly McCoy. It could be Jordan Blade. It could be Erica Lee. It could be the Meadowlands monster. Uh, it can be Sebastian Cage. It can be anybody. If you stand in the ring against me, you, you are a professional wrestler. And as such, you will be treated accordingly. Uh, so there is no difference to me. If I, I, when I kick Erica Lee in the face, it's the same as me kicking Ace Romero in the face. Uh, it may not come away that way, uh, come off that way to the fans, which is great for me. Uh, but that's just how I do things. Uh, I tore Erica up in the same way that I was tearing up Ace Romero, the same way that I was tearing up Meadowlands Monster. It's just the way that it is. If you want to play the game, if you pick up a controller and you put on that gaming console, you're playing the game too. We're all in it. I don't care what your name is. I don't care where you come from. We're, we're meeting in this ring. You're about to learn about me. And that's how I see it. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned um, something uh, a few minutes ago uh, about wrestling, uh, say, Azriel and uh, uh, Everett Cross. Uh, but when it comes to wrestling the same opponent over a few years after they've had time to also adapt their game, considering um, – uh, I said on commentary during the match that you had with TJ uh, that it's always interesting to see what competitors look like match to match, because as you said, uh, TJ is a jack of all trades and he sort of ch- uh, tends to switch his game up. But you don't switch your game up. You are very uh, focused on who you're in the ring with and that you know how to pick them apart. One of my favorite parts of your game is that you don't just take one limb, you sort of pull people apart piece by piece. Um, but uh, when you face someone like Evercross, who has dramatically changed uh, the way that he wrestles over the last couple of years, when you go from wrestling him a couple of years ago to wrestling now, what goes through your mind pre-match? What is that like leading into, uh, like, especially the title match? Evercross had never lost a Dark Arts title match before you defeated him uh, when the title was vacant. Um, so... That also is a big thing that plays into your favor uh, when you wrestle people like Everett Cross. Um, so when somebody has switched their style up so dramatically, what does that do to your game plan, Mr. Carter? Uh, absolutely. And, and I want to make it clear that just because I said that I beat the man before, I'm not underestimating him and saying that I know I can beat him again. I'm not uh, sitting here saying he's the same Everett Cross because I'm not the same Darius Carter, which is the point that I'm making here. It's as good as you got, you know, I got better, you know, from a position of being better. And that's, I say that respectfully. Um, and Everett Cross, I, I knew uh, that he probably has changed more than anybody else. Um, you know, and I know Asriel, you know, is always going to be Asriel. He's always on 100%. You can always trust him in the ring in terms of putting on a quality match. That man just doesn't miss. But when it comes to uh, Everett Cross, Everett Cross is someone who is kind of he, he, he has several different things going on. He has his in-ring game that uh, that is very psychological, I feel. 
Um, he has his, you know, the drivers that he's always going for and he's always adding to that. But he does play a psychological game in the ring as well. Uh, and I knew that beyond his entrance, beyond the pomp and circumstance that he came out with, uh, with the red lighting and the mask. And you'll see I kicked the mask out of the ring because I'm like, it's not about that. You know, <laughs> it's not about that right now. Right now you're coming against the ultimate uh, uh, mind game manipulator master. And I was I was hoping that that put some pressure on him. Um, I, I, do I think that it did? I think that it did in its own way because I think that Everett did know coming into this. Everett's a very smart man, and he knew that I was the only one. Uh, you know, if there was if there was going to be someone that would beat him in a dark arts championship match, it would be me. And I think that if we him and I were in the same room and looking at each other in the face, he would agree. He would say that he knew that if there's anyone that would beat him. It was me, and that's what happened. Um, and to Everett's credit, he's definitely changed his game. He's definitely added a lot of uh, – he's added, like, an aura and, and an atmosphere to him that he didn't have as much before. Um, he could tell he's confident. You can tell that he's established because he was the first Dark Arts champion. And he is someone that kind of hovers around that title. He's the one person that, no matter who the Dark Arts champion is – he always seems to be uh, somewhere. He always seems to be looming. It's like his energy hovers. Uh, that doesn't mean that he's won with the championship. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I just think somebody hasn't been good enough to expel him from that championship. I don't think there's been anyone good enough to push him away, and that's a testament to him. I, he's very skilled. He's very talented, and if he doesn't beat you with his in-ring prowess, he beats you mentally. There have been some guys that can push him physically. There are some guys that can maybe they they kind of have him beat physically, but he wins another way. He wins mentally, you know, or if there's someone that's smart. Well, he'll win physically. You know, he he also can be adaptive. But Everett. I think and, and I say this with respect to him, I, I think this just I'm just what Everett is doing. I'm doing on a different level. I'm doing on. uh a, a, a you know a deep deep rooted through to the bone to the marrow type level you know if he's going through the blood I'm going through the bone and that's again that's not a disrespect to him uh, you know if I wanted to disrespect him I'd just say it but it is what it is you know he's very talented he's immensely talented but he hasn't had to come across me in the pro wrestling magic kingdom and then when he did he lost and I think we need to understand that I think we need to realize the history there we have to realize that Despite his dominance of the Dark Arts brand, that time has come and gone. It is time for that championship to move on. It is time for the championship to breathe new air and just look at the results. I've been champion 42 days, and already more people are talking about this championship than have been talking about it in a, in a long time. And that's, again, with, listen, Meadowlands, you know, he had a, a, a fun run, but at some point his title didn't even – it, the title didn't really matter as much because he was going to have a Metal Lands match no matter what. He was going to put you through a door. He's going to put you through a table. The championship was secondary to whatever Metal Lands was doing. You know, to me, the championship motivates me. The championship drives me. The championship is my next move. So every time you think of Darius Carter, you will think Dark Arts champion. And that is the type of thing that will get that gets rid of that that type of Everett Cross energy. You know, that's. That's the type of thing that will push him out. And if I can do that, if I can expel the energy of uh, uh, an Evercross, which I feel like I have because I beat him, 
and I haven't heard from him. So uh, I think that that's an important thing in getting this championship off to the next level is clearing some of the past to make way for a greater future. Um, that's why I kept the original Dark Arts rules and added to them. I didn't replace them. I just added. You know, we still have the no disqualification. We still have the no count out. We still have one allotted rope break per competitor, um, which is a benefit because no DQ matches do not allow rope breaks. So every wrestler now gets one. You get one get out of jail free card. I kept those rules. I kept those rules. But all I did was add to them. And now people are remembering them. All of a sudden, people are remembering the old rules. So somebody failed along the way. If I'm able to bring these rules uh, to light like this, if I'm able to make you remember old rules, if I'm able to make old rules seem new, somebody failed before me. And that's up to you to decide who failed. I don't have to tell you that because you've already told me how successful I've been. I don't have to say it. So take the champions that came before me. Take the Adam Payne, take Joey Ryan, take the uh, Eddie McQueen, take uh, uh, take Everett Cross, and you tell me where it went wrong because I've taken that championship and look what I've been able to do within 40, 42 days and look what I'm going to do in the coming months. Uh, yeah, and uh, having been there at the tapings and watched uh, your match with, uh, with Billy, um, there is definitely uh, a freshness to the title. Um, me putting my bias aside forever cross uh, because I grew up with him and uh, he has been uh, a constant sort of force in my career uh, thus far. Putting that aside, um, you really have done what no one else has been able to sort of do with the Dark Arts title. And you've made it specifically yours specifically yours, which is something that uh, is very consistent through what I've seen of yours uh, over the years. Um, I, I, I do have a few more questions. Uh, Scott, I want to defer to you again, just because uh, I know that uh, you've been wanting to talk to Darius. So please continue with your set of questions. But I do have uh, a couple of more for Mr. Carter uh, as we start leaning towards the latter portion of this uh, this uh, podcast here. Yeah, there was a one a question I'm very interested to ask because uh, the, the people we've talked to so far have been uh, not shy about talking about their future goals and what kind of the end goal is for, for them and their career. And I noticed a tweet uh, from you, Darius, on your, uh, but yesterday at the time recording, uh, looking back at a match you had with uh, the man now known as Carrion Cross back in uh, yeah. 2019 for, uh, for Warriors of Wrestling while he was now on XT uh, talking about how he said how he never almost didn't make it to that contract. For you, as somewhere like WWE or particularly NXT, kind of the end goal for you where you want to end up, and is there anybody currently there that you'd like to wrestle, maybe a, a rematch with Cross? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, that's definitely the end. I, I mean, end goal. I don't like the term end goal, and I, I think we would all understand why, given everything that mm-hmm. we've already discussed to this point. Um, there really isn't an end. You know, I can make it to WrestleMania and win the title at WrestleMania. It's not over. You know, now it's next WrestleMania. How do I, if I main event WrestleMania, how do I make, how do I get better? How do I improve from that? Which is its own journey unto itself. So it's never, it never ends. But um, to, you know, to answer your question, because I understand what you mean by that. I definitely would love to be in an NXT. I would definitely love to be in like an NXT UK. um, Those types of things. I, I love the wrestling that's going on there. There's just so much passion. You can see it in the ring. 
You can see it when they're in their entrances. You can just see everyone cares. Uh, and Karrion uh, Cross is definitely someone I'd wrestle again. Uh, I beat him, uh, but I would happily like to do that again. I mean, I was literally watching that match with Santos Escobar, and I'm just like, man, like the way that he's picking apart that arm, uh, you know, I was really – that was – I guess that type of thinking carried over. I mean, now, once you've seen him get injured and lose the NXT championship, it's kind of like that's going to be a targeting point. So, okay, there's that. But for me, you know, I targeted the arm. I did all that before he even had the contract. This was like maybe like a month or so before he was signed um, with the WWE. Uh, so uh, it was one of his last matches. I'm not going to say it was his last because I don't know that for a fact. Of, you know, he was out there doing his thing, but. I was definitely towards the end of his matches there, and um, the, his style is just so physical. He's is so aggressive, um, but he's also very calculated and concise, and 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 that's the type of greatness that I want to be in there with. I, I it's not about just being in the WWE or being in AEW or being in Ring of Honor. It's about who you're facing there. You know, I don't just want the title. I want everything that comes with it. I don't want to just go to NXT. I want to wrestle the best. I want to wrestle him, Finn Balor. I want to wrestle Pete Dunne again. I want to wrestle with Kyle O'Reilly if I get the chance, Roderick Strong, whatever the case is. Like, there's the talent is just so high. You're you're going to get better every single match, no matter how good you are. And that's the type of company I want to be around. I want to be around wrestlers that will – inevitably make you better. That's why I love this dark arts uh, division and being able to create it and mold it into my own because I'm forcing improvement across the board, not just from my opponent, but from myself. I now have to look back at those matches and approach them from a round to round basis. How did I do in round one against Billy versus how did I do in round two against Billy? How did I do in round, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, I have to, that is its own task. And it's fun for me. I like doing things like that. I like to analyze myself on that level and to improve myself on that level so that the next time around, you know, you're like, oh, man. And that's what's so and, and it kind of goes back to your question about wrestling in every cross or wrestling in Asriel again. It's kind of like, oh, well, you know, how much has changed with them? But for me, I want to change at a quicker rate. I don't want to just wrestle you in 2018 and in 2019. I'm like I, I can wrestle you twice in 2018 and I'm a very different person in September than I was in, uh, in March. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the type of difference I want to have. I just want to be better, uh, in, in every way. And I'm not just sitting here saying, Oh, change your gear and do all those outward appearance things. No, I want it to be something in the ring where you see it. You see that I did something in July and then in September, you'll be like, Oh, well I, you know, if you're really paying attention, you can see the differences. Um, and, and that's what this is about. It's just about improving at the quickest rate possible, being the best you can be as soon as you can be. And that's why I like these dark arts rules. That's where I picked them up from. Uh, and that's why I'm doing them. It's all about getting to that next level. Um, and I would definitely love to get in there and, and do something with, <laughs> with cross again. I love to really break his arm, which Santos didn't do, which is why he lost. So it is what it is. <laughs> It's interesting that you mentioned like NXT UK because I, I'm, I believe they brought in the uh, that Heritage Cup and uh, it gets defended and that's got a kind of round system to it. So they're definitely like NXT UK, definitely embracing that British style with the round. So I definitely think you you fit in quite well there. Thank you very much. And I and I do watch NXT UK religiously. It's 
it's for me, it's my favorite program on TV right now. Uh, I mean, NXT, of course, is great, but NXT UK is just it's one hour. It's a breeze. And it's just I'm just hooked, whether it's the women's division, uh, whether it's uh, the men's, the main event. I mean, they just have such a great a layering system. It's very clear who your tag teams are. It's very clear who your mid card is. It's very clear who your uh, your premier women are. It's very clear. And then your main event picture, like it's just a concise to do it in an hour like that. It's it, and I feel like I always am getting a little bit of everything in every episode. There's always a women's match or there's always a tag match. There's always a little bit a different flavor of ice cream um, that they present to you. And the Heritage Cup is definitely uh, an, an inspiration in its own way. I love the Heritage Cup. Uh, I love the round system, and I just I just wanted to bring uh, a round system to the indies, the available indies, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, like, guess what? You can see Pro Wrestling Magic will do that. And sometimes they'll use a guy and then they do, and then they bring him back. And it's like, I want to help be a door for that. You might come now, uh, that might bring in another technical wrestler that wasn't at Pro Wrestling Magic or hasn't been at Pro Wrestling Magic for years because maybe he didn't fit in to the canon or to what was going on. But now with the Dark Arts Championship, we can bring that person back for this match, and then maybe we'll see them again down the road. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm, I'm looking to be a beacon for brilliant professional wrestling. I want mm-hmm. to be the flare gun that makes you say, oh, I have to go there. Uh, and that's good for everybody. Again, good business across the board. That's what I'm all about is everybody wins. Yes, I win. But guess what? You win, too, as a promotion. The championship wins. And guess what? That wrestler wins because now they're coming back to a promotion they haven't been to in a while. I've, I know that feeling with Pro Wrestling Magic. My first run with Pro Wrestling Magic, I was defending other championships at Pro Wrestling Magic. I was defending the Tier 1 title at Pro Wrestling Magic. It was never really about Pro Wrestling Magic. It was really me defending my championship in that building. And I, and I say that again, as honestly and respectfully as possible. I just didn't, I wasn't crafted into what was going on there. Um, and maybe that's because they had a lot going on. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to, it's not like I didn't want to, it's just, it just didn't fall into place that way. So that when I did take my sabbatical, my hiatus from pro wrestling magic, I knew, I mean, I think we all knew I would be back, but it was, the question was how. Um, and when I came back, I made it very clear how focused I was on winning a championship. And that's the first step to making myself ingrained in pro wrestling magic story and their history. I have to win a title. Uh, I don't want to bring one from somewhere else. I need to come in with nothing and, and, and leave with something. And that's what I did. That's phase one. Phase two now is internally recreating some of what you see with pro rad pro wrestling magic to literally create and manifest that change to where now I'm, we're bringing in, different people are bringing you new eyes because of the attention that I'm bringing to this championship. So there are steps. Like I said, there, it's never enough. It's never enough. I'm never going to sit back and just be pro wrestling magic, dark arts champion. There's never content. I always have to elevate my game. And that's what this is about. That's what the rules are about. That's what the challenges are about. That's what this title is officially about around my waist. Yeah, and I gotta say that uh, the my favorite part of your entrance uh, uh, it's not just the music, it's not just the slow walking or the shit talking to the people. 
uh, who were at ringside. Um, the the moment that the your mask comes out through the curtain burst, it sort of uh, adjusts the uh, the temperature in the room, so to speak. Um, and that is that is always something that I enjoy uh, either at the table or just in the audience uh, when I've been lucky enough to uh, see you wrestle uh, when I'm not working. Um, I, I saw I saw you wrestle at a, a Brie combination wrestling one time, and that venue being totally different than the kingdom was so interesting to see exactly how your game is just so specific to where you are and when you're doing it and your opponent. Um, so, um, your name has come up a few times this week, uh, from our other interviews, uh, specifically with, uh, Erica and, uh, the monster. Um, I just wanted to run, uh, one or two quotes past you just to sort of get your, um, your reaction to what was said, uh, just because I feel like that's the, the fair way to go, uh, about it. If you're brought up, you do deserve, you do deserve a chance to either agree or defend yourself depending on, uh, what was said. So Meadowlands Monster was our first interview this week. Um, and, uh, he said that he loves what you're doing, uh, with the title. Uh, but he did mention that you can hold the title warm for him until he decides to take it from you. You and Monster have had, uh, your differences in the past. Uh, your first really, your first real run back was, uh, leading up to the match with, uh, the Meadowlands monster. And we had our first couple of interviews, which are still some of my favorite episodes. And I can't thank you enough for that. But, uh, what is your reaction to first monsters, uh, claim that you are holding the title for him until he decides to come back and take it. Cause he decide he is, he still considers himself dark arch champion. And I know that you're a proud champion. So I'm very curious to see how you feel about those sentiments. Yeah. I mean, of course he thinks he's, First off, I don't know how much thinking he really does because all we really see is is his manager talking, Zach Amico. And I don't even know if it's talking so much as it is uh, screaming and shrieking. Um, it's just kind of like, okay. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, Meadowlands, I think Meadowlands is, is very talented. I think Meadowlands is, is a good, it's actually a, 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 a fine wrestler. I just think that, he lets his size get to his head and, you know, you could put a pun or whatever, but he just, he, he thinks just cause he's a big guy, you know, and just because, you know, he's kind of had this championship, these things, these long reigns, you know, it, it gets to his head. And my thing about Meadowlands is I, I can understand almost how he feels because these people have let him get away with, it, you know, Pro Wrestling Magic has let him get away with it. I've even talked to you about how you've let him get away with uh, physically uh, abusing you. Uh, you know, he, him putting your head on the table as he challenged me to that match or accepted my challenge. You know, Meadowlands throws his weight around and nobody really stops him. And that's why I unnerve him so much. I definitely unnerve him. I definitely shake him and I definitely intimidate him. And it's that's the best part about me is, OK, I'm a six two you know, uh, uh, 211 pound wrestler. You know, I'm not the biggest guy. You know, I'm not um, out here looking like I'm not the Lex Luger type. OK, you know, 
my, but I am able to intimidate people in ways that other people can't. You know, I intimidate you mentally. I, I really make you think, uh, wow, I don't know if I want to wrestle this guy. I don't know if I want to fight this guy. I don't know if I want to be his enemy. I, I think I'd rather be his friend. That's why I have a stable in so many places that I go to. That's why I had the Carter Group. That's why I had the Crusade for Change. That's why I had the Hostile Collective. Everywhere I go, people want to, you know, you naturally want to be at my side because they don't want to be my enemy. They see the benefit of being, and, and I get benefit by having allies. So it's it's mutual, but people gravitate in that defense. And, you know, if Meadowlands ever wanted to be like my bodyguard or if he wanted to do something like that, maybe we <laughs> could work something. No, I mean, I'm, we're serious. I'm laughing, but that's what I think his, you know, maybe that's a new role for him. Maybe he should do that because the champion thing is cute, but, you know, and it's different now that he's heavyweight champion, I guess. But when he was Dark Arts champion, it was uninspired. You know, it was just, again, you're going, you're putting people through doors, you're hitting people uh, 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 outside the ring, whatever the case was. You're power slamming people through the door, through the table. There's no DQ. I mean, we've seen that for like a year and a half, two years, three years, four years from him. And that's that's cute. But Meadowlands is kind of like a he's like he's like the pillar. He's a pillar there. I get it because you got the pro wrestling magic has leaned on him a lot. But he's like. One of those pillars that it's it's kind of faltered, it's kind of flimsy, and the only one who doesn't really realize it is him. Uh, and, and that's just the way that it is. I mean, like I said, he's talented, he's good. You know, I know a lot of people will think Pro Wrestling Magic, they immediately think of Meadowlands Monster, and that's cute. But Meadowlands is not the best wrestler at Pro Wrestling Magic. He's not the best in the ring at Pro Wrestling Magic. He's not the best on the microphone at Pro Wrestling Magic. So why is he the one that everyone talks about? Um, and I think that I challenge him in a lot of ways. And I think that he's fortunate that he's heavyweight champion and that I'm focused on a Dark Arts championship because if I did want to beat him, I would. Uh, when we had that match at Kingdom Come 4, uh, I was a different Darius Carter then. Okay, I'd come off the triple threat match, and I had not wrestled Meadowlands before at that point. And even then, I had him on the ropes. He got me out of nowhere. He got and I and, I, and fine, you can have that. But Meadowlands left that match in worse condition than I did. He he still reminds me to this day. I got I owe you for the hand. I owe you for. My hand, I still, my hand still don't feel the same. I, I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't. Nobody else did that to him. Adam Payne, Adam Payne didn't put him out. He would have by now if he could. Nobody has been able to do psychologically what I've done to Meadowlands Monster, and that's just in one match. So I'm glad that I come up in his podcast. I'm glad that I came up in his interview. I'm probably going to come up a lot more uh, because he knows where the real champion stands i mean i i only laughed uh just because um on that show monday morning magic uh monster did take a few liberties with me uh and uh i have let him know that uh through shitting on him uh through his matches um for the last couple of months after what he's done um because that's that's just what happens. My my dad always told me my voice was going to my mouth was going to get me in trouble. So I just leaned into that and uh, created a career out of it. Um, 
but so uh, also uh, earlier today uh, at the time of recording, we interviewed Erica Lee and uh, we, of course, spoke about the phenomenal nearly 30 minute main event that you guys had together at Card Subject to Change. It honestly was one of my favorite matches I've ever seen live. I've been to uh, countless wrestling shows, whether it's working, not working, uh, big time wrestling and, and everything. Um, but that was one of the most deserving matches that I've ever seen to garner the main event tagline. So congratulations on that. Uh, you, you really, you really both were in there and you both really had your working boots on, so to speak. I know that you always do when you do, but, uh, you and Erica seem to have a chemistry that is fairly undeniable. Um, but you did come up briefly um in the the podcast uh directly from uh erica and she said something that played into her beating you that night um of course minus the uh minus the minus the uh she did mention the yakuza kick that nearly knocked her top lip off of her body uh and stuff so it's not that you weren't given the props to a certain extent but she did say that part of what played into her defeating you was she waved her flexibility in your face oh. um so because i because <laughs> i mentioned to her i mentioned to her that uh you did sort of nearly make contact between the bottom of her shoe and the side of her face when you had her wrapped up in the the stf at yes. one point um and her response to that was waving uh she waved her flexibility in your face, which is what helped her survive uh, when she had to go into fight or flight once you uh, kicked through her skull and nearly knocked her lip off. So what is your reaction to that 90s chick uh, and her claims that she waved it in your face and that's helped that that is what helped her beat you that night? The waving in my face is irrelevant. It doesn't matter about that. Her flexibility did help her. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I put her in STF. I put her in the STF plus, as I as I like to call it, um, which is an ex, which which is what we call an STF with extracurricular. Okay. So I had she, she reached for the rope. I pulled her arm into a chicken wing. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, I think in a way, and it's really weird, but I think in a way that cut lip actually helped her um that helped motivate her even further to get out of the maneuver and i think that gave her the extra energy i think in a way if if i did not kick her face in the way that i did if her lip wasn't bleeding profusely the way that it was she may not have been as inspired to get out of out of that move because there was definitely a point and we could all point it if we were watching it live you could see where she was about to submit and i think and I had my I had my knuckle digging into uh, to the lip and she would turn her head to get out of it. And listen, I give the woman her credit. I mean, she 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 made it to the rope. But I also feel like that may that would not have happened under any circumstance. I think if that happens uh, again or if that happened th- in three more times, I put her in that hold. She would submit. I, I don't think she gets she doesn't get out of that STF every time I put her in it. Let's put it that way. Um, I think that that was a good night for her. I think it was the most fortuitous night of her career. She got the main event. She got the main event against Big Match Carter. 
uh, the best pound for pound professional wrestler in pro wrestling magic. And she was able to eek. And I do mean eek uh, out, uh, whatever you want to call that. Uh, you know, I, I think I beat myself. I've been very clear about that. I, I think that uh, I went for a move that I had already hit and I went for the regal plex again. I had already hit her with the regal plex. I, I shouldn't have gone for it again, and I did. And I made I made that error, and I beat myself up more than anyone cares to know about that. Uh, losing to Erica in that situation, as people want to say that I lost, that's a very frustrating thing um, because I, I know that I was the better wrestler. I think the match shows that I was the better wrestler. Uh, I'm the better human being. Uh, I'm the better existence on this earth than Erica. So it's frustrating when, you know, she gets the props and she gets the praise and, oh, Erica this, Erica that. But Erica wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for me. Erica would not have been in the Pro Wrestling Magic main event if it wasn't for my name. My name carried that that gravity into the match to then allow her to perform the way that she did for it to then become, oh, it's Darius and Erica because it was the Darius Carter main event. That's what it was. and. I deserve my respect and my reverence for that. And it's great that Erica's, you know, getting that attention. That's great. But there will come a time now. That's the issue. See, because she got off the way that she did, there will come a time where we meet again. This won't sit. This won't stand. It can't stand. I can't allow it. So at some point, we will see each other again, and we'll see what the story is then. Uh, But definitely her flexibility helped. Uh, She definitely survived some things that, I wasn't sure that she could survive. Uh, when I regalplexed her, I did not think she'd be able to kick out, and she did. Uh, I did not think she would get the rope break on that STF. Um, even the Yakuza kick, I was, I, 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 I figured if she kicked out, I said she's probably got about a minute left in her. I said she, she's, she used everything she could to kick out of this, and for the most part, I was right. Um, but banana peels were slipped on, mistakes were made. And that's why Erica is where she is. Congratulations to Erica, who now will go on to a women's championship main event match. Why? Because of me. Because of me. If Erica did not wrestle me, she would not have had the match that she had. If she didn't have the match that she had, she would not be considered for the women's championship. I did that. So so let's thank the people that help you get to where you are. Let's let's help. Let's pay respect and gratitude. And that's what I'm looking for from Erica. You know, we make it a joke and she's all oh, my flexibility. I waved it in your face. But you know what, Erica, how about you pay respect to the old father? How about you pay respect to Darius who helped get you to where you are instead of making Internet jokes at every turn and making a mockery out of my work and out of your own work? Maybe we should take it a little more seriously and maybe that'll help you win an actual championship in professional wrestling. How's that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, that is, uh, I mean, very, very clear. It is very, very clear. Um, so uh, just before, uh, as we wind down here, Darius, I know that you're a busy man. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, so, Scott, if you have any uh, final questions for Mr. Darius Carter, now is the time. Uh, ask him uh, anything you got left, I have maybe one other thing left uh, as to respect the time of Mr. Darius Carter. I know that you're very busy, but uh, just know that the uh, the STF Plus 
or as I will be calling it, the extracurricular will make its way onto the commentary table uh, from this point forward. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, See, Jimmy, you're already improving as a commentator. See how much you benefited from this? It's all, it's all because of Mr. Carter. It absolutely is. See, I like you, Scott. I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you. Look at you. See, you're catching on. Look at this. Look at look at your podcast benefiting. Look at look at both of you as human beings benefiting and blossoming. I can see I can see the flower. I can see it. I can see it blossoming as we speak. So oh, good for everybody. I've certainly made some new friends this week. I'll I'll just say that with these interviews. But as we are. As we are winding down, I do have one more question uh, for Darius. I have a, a similar question to uh, our other guests. That, but looking ahead to Promise the Magic in the future, I know you guys are. Um, I'm assuming that this must be a very like good time to be part of Promise the Magic, a very like optimistic time because now you've got these goals that you want to achieve with the Dark Arts title. You guys are starting to run shows uh, slightly more regularly now with a very limited uh, fans in attendance, and now you guys have got the, the Fight TV. Deal. Now you're doing shows there to help reach out to a more wider audience. So is it very serious to kind of an optimistic time and that things are looking good for Pro Wrestling Magic? Yeah, I would. I mean, I mean, the whole point is to take these promotions with me um, because you never know how long you'll be here. And I mean, in terms of, you know, going to the next level and stuff like that. Um, you know, it could be tomorrow, it could be next week, it could be next month, it could be six months from now. I just want everybody that I've worked with to not only remember me, but to use me as a, as a standard or as a measuring stick. Um, I want every promotion that I've ever wrestled at to be like, you know, this is this was the real deal. Darius was the real deal, and I do want to to be used in that way. I do want to be used. Uh, as as a measuring stick, as as someone that you look to and try to compare yourself to, that's what this business is all about. We all want to be. You should want to be a legend. You should want to be an icon. You should want to be revered uh, more than just respected and liked. I don't like. I don't care so much about being liked. I, I never really did. Uh, and I'm not out here to like you, you know. But if we can work together professionally, I can see money in you. You can see money in me. I can see the benefit in you, and vice versa, uh, or vice versa. I'm sorry. I hate when people. Say that. Um, but to me, it's all about where you go and about making it different. Like As you said, you see me at BCW, and it's different than when you see me at Pro Wrestling Magic, which is different than when you see me at Warriors of Wrestling, because, mm-hmm. I'm, because I'm controlling the space that I'm in, because I'm adapting to that space. Warriors of Wrestling is a little different. Warriors of Wrestling has a lot of students that are there. They also have some names that come through, which is different than Pro Wrestling Magic, which has people coming from all over, which is different from BCW, which has, you know, this type of talent. You have to adjust to your surroundings. You have to, and not lose yourself, but you're adapting. Adaptation is is mandatory. It's A+. It starts with an A for a reason. It's mandatory. A+. Uh, Adaptation. Um, and, and that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, so I want pro wrestling magic to become a bigger company by the time I'm, I'm moved on or what have you. I want my mark to be on pro wrestling magic. I want that promotion to be able to say, well, look, we have at least gained some success. Thanks. Thanks to Darius Carter, or I've gotten this far. Thanks in part to Mr. Darius Carter. Uh, those are the things. If there's like a hall of fame, I want to be on every promotions hall of fame. Uh, and, and that should be your your goal. It's not just about the money. It's not just about winning and losing. It's about putting that company on. 
because that company knew that they could put faith in me. That company knew that I was a guy that could carry them. Just like when you had said, uh, uh, Jimmy, when you had first started and you guys heard my four-minute promo and you knew that you needed to lean on me, that's what I'm here for. I'm here. I don't want to have to tell you to lean on me. I don't want to DM you. I don't want to message you. I don't want to call you and tell you to lean on me. I want you to look at me and say, that's the guy we got to talk about. That's the guy we got to put front page, front and center. That's what we're here to do. And that's what I want to be until I can't be that anymore. And I move on to the next. So I definitely see pro wrestling magic coming with me. Um, and, and, and listen, when you get to that next step, man, you always got to give back. Um, and I'm always going to, you know, I'll recommend places like that, uh, to people that are within that are listening to people that care. Um, because pro wrestling magic did open their doors to me, you know, twice. And it's two very different runs. Uh, the first run was very fun. It, it was not that it wasn't. It's just it was a different run. I was defending other championships. Here. Now it's about Darius Carter and Pro Wrestling Magic. How does he fit into the grand scheme? And right now it's fruitful. Everybody is benefiting. We're all going to make the money. Um, I've heard about the pay-per-view buys because I care about those things. I've heard about uh, uh, the records that we're being able to set. And I'm proud to be a part of that. I'm proud for to be able to say that I'm legitimately drawing money to a company. I'm not just getting paid at the pay window. I am actually adding revenue to your company. That's what I'm here to do. I am monetarily doing that with Pro Wrestling Magic as we speak. And that's what means the world to me. That's what this is about. And you have been doing an absolutely fantastic job. You have helped pro wrestling magic, uh, appear on the map more than most other acts have. Uh, I remember, uh, seeing hashtag Carter versus Lee back at card subject to change, uh, floating around, uh, a lot. Um, the, uh, I don't know if you've heard this yet. I'm sure you have, uh, but the over on the inside the ropes network, uh, the wrestling podcast, uh, it's wrestling without the E it covers any wrestling without, uh, E in its name. Uh, they covered Kingdom Come 5, and they spoke very highly of not only your presentation, but how you work and wanting to see more of you. And specifically, they said uh, that uh, you are one of the guys that they look at and are sort of confused that no one has scooped you up yet, um, like for television and whatnot. And personally, I'm that works out well for us on the pro wrestling magic side. But if you haven't heard that yet, <laughs> I believe it's episode 12 of the wrestling podcast. They do cover, um, kingdom come five and you are spoken of very highly over there, Mr. Carter. Yeah, I've, uh, I've actually, uh, and I always keep try to keep my eyes to the, uh, uh, eyes to the sky in terms of all of these, uh, the podcasts and everything. And I do want to hear about people, uh, that are talking about it. And I was actually directed to this, uh, to the podcast by, uh, one Joseph Finnegan. So, mm. um, I did, I did actually get to, uh, uh, give that, uh, a listen. Uh, it was hard to kill uh, with, uh, Gary Cassidy. So, um, the wrestling podcast. Yep. So, uh, I actually have it bookmarked. So there you go. Um, but it was, no, it was, it, it means a lot. And you, you have to, you know, as a wrestler, you have to revisit your accomplishments. And I say this to, to people all the time. You can't, as much as you're moving forward, you can't just forget what you've accomplished. That's why I tell people, know how many, know your championships, know how many you've won. I, I am a 16 time champion in, in my career. And I have won uh, 13 different championships. 
So these types of things should matter to you. These types of things should care. I have I have championships that I've won from here, from PA, uh, in the United Kingdom and back. These things are resume building. And it's not just on paper. It's emotionally, it's mentally, it's spiritually. This, this is your proof that you're doing the right thing. When people are giving you championships or, or not giving you, when, when you are earning these championships, when you uh, are wearing multiple titles at a time, you need to realize what people are saying about you. You have to stop and think. It's not just, oh, I'm holding five titles. It's let me really evaluate the fact that five companies have me as their champion. What does that say about me as a person? What does that say about what the company is trying to accomplish? That's how I look at it. You know, right now I'm holding the BCW championship, you know, who had their last show um, in Atlantic City, and I wrestled JTG there. Uh, then we have Warriors of Wrestling, which I'm defending every single month, uh, you know, and then we have the Pro Wrestling Magic Championship, which is is hotter than it's been. And that's all because of the commitment that you have to attest to these championships, to these companies. Um, so it, it means a lot to hear those things on the podcast. It, 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 hears, it means a lot that people are looking out for me. Um, as for why I'm still on the indies, uh, you know. We'll see, man. I, I think, uh, to be honest with you, with the past few years, I don't think it has anything to do with talent. I don't think it has anything to do with quality. I think it's either people not seeing me or not or not having their own opinion of me. I think, you know what I'm saying? I think that there's a lot of things. There are things that go on other than the talent, uh, which people get themselves caught up with. But if you actually know me, if you actually met me, if you actually understand how I operate, we're good to do business. You're going to see that I'm all about the business. I'm all about pro wrestling. I love professional wrestling, and I'll do everything I can to keep it alive. And I, that's why I come into the doors like that. I come into the doors ready to cut a promo. I, come, I, I don't leave until the last thing is, is needed. I always am asking people, do you need another promo? Do you need this? Do you need that? Because I love to do them, and I want to improve everything. I want things to be better. That's the type of person I am. Beyond just being a professional, that's who I am. And I think if you met me and you knew me and you saw that, there's no reason why you wouldn't want me to wrestle for you. And that's what I think it is. I just think a lot of these people just haven't, uh, quote unquote, taken a chance on me. I think some people were a little scared uh, of me instead of actually trying to look at things from my perspective. And I think the only cure to that is to just get yourself out there as much as you can and then someone will see you. And then it's right there. You know what I'm saying? It could it could be quick. I can literally do a show next week and have the right person see me. And then that's it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm not even it's I'm just it's it's I'm there. The ability is there. I'm there. It's just a matter of who's going to be the person uh, who, who will be the place to scoop. And that's not my call to make at this time. So we'll see. At this point, I'm just enjoying it, enjoying every month, every show that I have, every championship that I have, every match that I have and trying to make that the best. And maybe someone sees it on fight. Maybe someone sees it somewhere else. And that translates to greater success. That's all I can say, you know, but I'm not seeking the end. I'm, I'm, I love the journey. I love the journey. So I'm not seeking the end by any means. So bring it on. Right. And I, honestly, Darius, I, I've said this before and I mean it every time I say it, but uh, when it comes to competitors uh, of your stature, I can't help but mean it just a little bit more that long 
long may your success continue because you have been uh, a welcomed uh, re-addition to the kingdom, especially during these times. Um, you've been uh, so far a fantastic Dark Arts champion, and I know that I'm looking forward to re-watching your match with uh, Billy. Uh, I got to see a cut of the show uh, yesterday, and everything looks fantastic in black and white. Um, and long may your successes continue, Darius. So uh, as we close things out here, I'm going to go to you first because you are our illustrious guest. So please give everybody your Twitter handle, uh, anything else that you got going on other than pro wrestling magic this weekend, because I'll cover that in my little spiel at the end. Ah, there it is. So um, firstly, you can find me on uh, Twitter, on Facebook and on Instagram, all slash Mr. Darius Carter, uh, Mr. Darius Carter. Okay, you should be able to spell that. Um, but uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then my uh, Facebook fan page is slash Wrestling's Richest Prize. Um, I like to do some things a little different there. I, you know, do some exclusive posts there. Um, but yeah, it's just tracking the numbers, seeing who's paying attention. I, I love to check the graphs and see who's uh, the impressions. It's funny to it's funny to see how many impressions you get versus actual likes and stuff. So I see who's watching me. There are, there's a lot of <laughs> eyes on me. There's a lot of eyes on me, man. A lot of people are watching, and some people may be waiting for me to to, to slip up because they're bitter. But there are other people that are. I, it's nice to know that I have some supportive people. I have some supportive people in some very good places. Uh, so it's it's not just me against the world. It's just a matter of the right time and the right eyes. That's what it is. It, it, it's really that. And that's why I got to put on my best suit uh, every single time. That's why I do. That's why I've been doing that. Fortunately, it's just in my nature to be this way. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see what comes next. But that's where you can find me. Facebook, Instagram and Twitter slash Mr. Darius Carter. Um, I have uh, some shows coming up, but I can't talk about them. So it's a little t- it's a little tough. Uh, <laughs> a little, it's a little tough out there. Yeah, it's a little. It's like, oh well, Darius, what do you have coming up? And it's like, well, uh, it's a pandemic, and I can't say it till it's released. Um, but obviously, let, obviously, you're in the the MCU now, and you just can't talk about <laughs> it, and that's okay. That's um, what it is. I'm, yeah. I'm alt universe. I'm alt universe Magneto. I can't. I can't talk about. <laughs> it. I, I can't. I, I, I can't. I can't talk about it. Uh, this is. Let's put it like this. Like you guys are looking for like. You know, 616 Magneto, I am uh, House of M. I mean, I can't, I just, I can't, I can't speak on it. I just got to tell you that uh, I'm, I have a lot coming up, thankfully. Um, March is going to be a very busy month. Um, I can tell you, I guess, the promotion, I can't tell the date, but Warriors of Wrestling, obviously, they're there every single month that I'm doing that. Of course, um, Pro Wrestling Magic coming up. Uh, there are some other promotions that I can tell you to keep an eye out for. And even then, okay, I can tell you Camp Leapfrog because I've been doing uh, uh, Camp Leapfrog uh, lately. I debuted against uh, at Christmas Trios against Blank. Um, and then I came back and did my first ever death match against Brad Rush uh, at Retro Leapfrog. So Camp Leapfrog, a lot of good things going on over there. Um, so keep your eye on them. Wink, wink. There are other promo- few promotions that I'm debuting for that haven't even put out the <laughs> haven't put out the uh, announcement yet, so I can't say them. But uh, March is going to be very busy, uh, and 
and I, I'm just, I mean, it's just, it's just nice. It's good, man. This is the way it should right. be for me. Yeah. You know, and that's all I can say. Yeah. And uh, yes, as as always, if you do need to uh, know about those bookings that uh, haven't yet become public, if you do follow Mr. Darius Carter on all the socials, you will be among the first to know. Um, so Scott, uh, let everybody know that uh, your plugs, and then I'll hit it, and we can wrap up uh, with what I think has been the most informative and uh, fun podcast we've ever done here. Oh. Yeah, I would I would totally agree. I mean, I'm going to also be checking out our Roaring Twenties on Sunday on Fight TV because I really enjoyed uh, kind of film when I watched it and everything else that I've seen. Uh, I said it when we talked to uh, Maryland Monsters, and I've said it to you maybe before that you know once all this pandemic is is cleared up and there's some sense of normality, I really hope I can be able to yeah, in the crowd and the kingdom for Pro Wrestling Magic Show and hopefully uh, Darius is there because I'll be paying attention to to your match and. I, you can follow me on Twitter at SkullMcLeod1996. Uh, get my other podcast, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast at SB Rambling. Uh, we've got our review of WrestleMania 12 uh, up this past week. Done a bit of very, obviously, noteworthy match in WWE history with the Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Brian We're going to go into quite a lot of detail on that. But also, you can find me here on Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. And uh, Jimmy, you and I have been doing all sorts of stuff recently. Yeah, absolutely. It's been good to uh, get back on a regular schedule with you, Scott. Um, And uh, we've been pushing through uh, this big, big week leading in to the Roaring Twenties to Behind the Eight Ball live on Fight uh, February 28th at 5 p.m. Please make sure to go check that out. Darius Carter will be in action against Billy Dixon. Erica Lee will be in the main event challenging for the vacant Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Championship against Jordan Blade. The Meadowlands Monster will be opening the show against Sebastian Cage and much, 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 much more. We have so much stuff coming out of the kingdom, and we thank you here in the Rogue Opinions uh, family and everybody that listens for uh, sitting through this entire week, and I couldn't have thought of a better final interview. Uh, You won't be the final one released, but you are our final interview of the week, and uh, this was the one I was most excited about, to be completely honest, Darius. So thank you so very, very much for joining us here, Darius. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. Uh, you are welcome back whenever you have the time, um, because this was absolutely fascinating and so much fun to do. Um, and Scott, thank you for putting up with me so many days in a row, because uh, I very, very much appreciate it. Um, and uh, Yeah, I think we need, some space. we need some space for the next few days, Jimmy. Oh, for sure, for sure. Either that or we can... <laughs> We can we can screen share some Frasier together and uh, we can mend <laughs> fences. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in the words of the immortal Yakko Warner and uh, due to our intro, I know that my usual bullshit isn't going to last. So I'm just going to say it peacefully, calmly and with a welcoming tone. Good night, everybody.